Uh, good evening, everybody. Welcome to meeting eight of the Policy Process and Revenue Committee. Um, apologies for absence, please, Joe. Uh -huh. I can't hear her. No, Joe, you, you muted. Quiet. One of the two. Just ask that everybody mutes themselves because there is a lot of background noise. Okay, thanks, Joe. We've got apologies from. Have we got apologies from Frank and Malley? We have. Yeah. Okay. Um, any declarations of interest from councillors? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Um, uh, request from the public to speak. Oh, I don't know what it is, so just ignore it. Okay. Um, hello, Judith. Hello, Ian, yeah. Hi, how are you? Um, I've submitted a, a request to speak on items 184 and 186, please, if that's okay. possible. Yeah, off you go. Um, as you know, I've uh, addressed the council several times on the issue of governance and uh, documents in advance. Uh, and uh, all I can do is say there has been a vast improvement. Um, thank you very much for, for those being published in advance. Uh, in relation to 184, um, I think both you, Judith, and myself, and probably many others, have uh, watched the latest instalment of Hanforth, the um, Councillor's Strike Back video. And um, clearly, a, a better way of handling a, a meeting such as that needs to be put in place. And the policy document that you just put on the agenda is a very good start. Um, I don't know if you observed the uh, very annoying person with the wine glass in the middle, I think she was called Camden Lily. And uh, I would like to suggest that uh, the only people that should be visible during the main course of the meeting should be uh, councillors. Uh, they should be annotated as such. Uh, the only time a member of the public can both speak and be seen is when they are addressing the council to stop that, that very distracting behaviour from people that were just clearly with the intent of winding things up. And uh, equally, I would also like to request that rather than recording the video for playback later in active speaker mode, that it's uh, recorded in matrix mode or grid mode, whatever you want to call it, so everybody can see the interaction of everybody just as if they were actually in a meeting. Um, any Questions on that one? No, right, okay. Uh, in relation to 186, this seems to be uh, an overly complex document that's trying to address what could be dealt with in a, in a more uh, productive way by just having the chair of the council completely separate from all the other committees, working groups, staffing subcommittees, etc. And whilst it's applauded that something is being done to try and correct issues, I just wonder what that document is actually trying to achieve. Uh, thank you very much again, and uh, I'll now mute myself and go. Uh, go. Um, excuse me. Excuse me. I've also requested to speak. My name's Pauline Scott. Okay, on you go then, Pauline. Thank you. I'm surprised if my request wasn't. Um, forwarded to you because it was emailed to the clerk. Okay. Uh, I also wish to speak about item 186, the virtual meeting policy. 
particularly the phrase during the public participation period, members of the public will be required to enable video in order for them to be visible to the chair and will raise their hands to indicate that they wish to speak. My question is why? My main concern is that if this becomes policy, the privacy of members of the public may be compromised because their private living space could be viewed anywhere in the world and by anybody. I would support any councillors and staff members if they chose not to have video enabled also. I can appreciate that in a physical meeting, members of the public will be visible. But in my past experience, the public gallery is not filmed for the whole wide world to see. My experience, oh, thank you. Cheers. My experience of speaking at meetings is that the public just speak. They're invited to speak by the chair. They say their piece, and that's the end of the matter. Occasionally, they may receive a, your comments have been noted, but that's about it. They don't enter into dialogue or discussion, quite rightly. So why do they need to be seen to raise their hand to indicate that they wish to speak? Even so, even if video was, was not enabled, the raise hand function can be used. I've looked at Mount's guide to holding remote meetings, and most of the proposed policy is lifted from this document. I cannot find any reference on that document to members of the public needing to have video enabled. So who on earth dreamt this one up and why? Thank you. Thank you, Pauline. Um, I'm, I'm not sure, but I believe that this might have been drafted by um, Andrew Dawson when we first started out experimenting with virtual meetings and hybrid meetings. Um, but we, we will, um, you know, I'm sure we've all got some views on this when we get to it. Um, Caroline, you're muted, Caroline. I was just going to say, could somebody not identify where this document has come from, please? Um, Joe? I'm not sure who's identifying what. The, uh, the virtual um, meeting protocol policy. Is it the one that Andrew Dawson did? Oh, yes, yes, I can look back through the files and find that for you. Yeah, okay, thanks, Joe. Right then, um, moving on then to minutes of the meeting held on the 21st of December. Is everybody happy that that is a, a true record of the meeting? Nobody uh, got any? Comments on it? No. Okay, we're happy then to accept those as true record. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Joe, accepted. Uh, 182, um, date of the extraordinary meeting. I think this was added to the agenda because at the time this agenda was published, we didn't know when the EGM was going to be. And um, we all know now that is on Wednesday, the 
24th. Um, moving on, uh, Donna. It's 6.30, isn't it? I haven't got the screen up, so I haven't got my screen up. So it's 6.30, the meeting on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, moving Donna, on. Sorry, then. I, I thought the meeting was seven. Sorry. <laughs> I thought the meeting was seven on Wednesday. Correct me if I'm wrong, somebody. I don't mind. I just want to know. I got it seven in my diary. I thought that was what the... Joe, what's it say no, on the... It, uh, it, I mean... It's up there at 6.30 on the website. Okay, that's fine. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So can we move on then to 183, the finance reports? to note the finance report pack for January, which includes details of all expenditure, receipt items, bank statements, bank reconciliations, breakdown of expenditure and receipts by budget item management reports. Um, now, I'm aware that Caroline had some queries on this, which Joe has dealt with, but I think you indicated um, the other day, Caroline, that you've got one or two more queries. Yes, I have. Um, my first query is, um, I believe some of the grants money that were awarded last November have not been paid because I have received messages from recipients saying they, have, they haven't had their money, basically. So yeah. I'd like to know who has been paid, please. Joe, can you answer that? I certainly can, and I have actually answered Councillor Ashton's query. Two of the grants have been paid. I'm still waiting for tax payment details for one of the recipients. So are you allowed to tell me who the recipient is, please? Excuse me? Can you tell me who the recipient is that you're waiting for, for the details of? I would rather not, Caroline. I've asked my administrative officer to find those details for me. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Joe. Well, could, could I suggest that you contact them again? Because as far as I've been told, you know, those details have been, well, were sent originally. They have, Caroline. I'm getting a notice coming up on my screen to say that your uh, bandwidth is low and you may potentially drop out of the meeting. Unfortunately, I'm not able to do anything with that. Right, okay. Um, but as Joe said, she's got the um, admin officer chasing that one up. So hopefully it should be resolved fairly uh, quickly. Can I just say that I had an email today and I was asked to raise it. So, okay. um, you know, it does seem that last November when the grants were awarded, it's take, that's three months ago. Yeah, okay. Um, were there any other queries on the accounts, Caroline? Well, I do have a query on um, the allotments, but seeing as we've got a, a paper on some sort of software. Yeah, uh, okay. Up then. Okay, thank you. Um, anybody else got anything on the finance reports? Are you all happy for them to be approved? Yeah. Um, I'd go with, if Caroline's not happy, I'm not happy, to be honest. If there are still outstanding queries, um, 
I don't think we can sign it off. Okay, well, if it, the outstanding query then on the uh, allotments, if that's dealt with now, are you happy then to sign them off? Well, can, I ask you, can I ask you to consider the documents that you've been given <coughs> that are on the website and ask you to approve the accounts as presented? If you don't approve the accounts as presented, no problem. I'll refer to the internal auditor. Thank you. Yeah. Um, the, the issue that Caroline has raised is about non-payment of a grant. That doesn't affect the accuracy of the accounts because Joe's explained that that grant payment hasn't been made because we haven't got the right bank details now. So, but it doesn't affect I, the accounts. I, I hate to say it, but Judith, I don't think that is the case. Okay. But, and on the allotments, um, I suppose we can't, we can't agree the... Um, the accounts because I can't see where the allotment fees are and my question was responded by that it, it they're in not quite I think allotment fees not yet recorded okay well we okay we'll leave it then can I ask you can I ask you that you move to approve the accounts as paid okay do you, do you want to vote Joe yes please Okay, shall we make it a named vote then, please? All those in favour of approving and signing the reports back. Okay, no one's voting for it, Joe. Thank you. Uh, so moving on to 184, the asset register. To consider and approve the asset register under delegated powers, minute reference, blah, 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 blah. Uh, we couldn't sign it at the full council meeting because there were a couple of things that needed to be added to it. And we agreed that we would delegate the uh, approval of the asset register to this committee. Um, now, I've, I've looked at it. Joe has added the four items, or they weren't all ads, so it, it changes that I proposed. I don't know whether anybody else has made any proposals change. Caroline? Yeah, can I just suggest that when we have tabled um, a document that has had changes, um, that we actually see the changes in colour because otherwise we have to get the previous document up and the new document to try and decide what's been changed. I mean, I've always used, um, you know, just a different colour and it's like track changes when you do a Word document. It's just right. so that it doesn't cause, because you don't know what, what has been changed. It's, it's it, Well, the four changes were highlighted in yellow. Oh, well, I didn't have it in yellow. Right, we're well, looking at it on, on screen. Um, and it had last year's and this year's there, so you could see the changes. But I was going to say, can I, this is another thing where we're talking about a document and it would be useful to see it actually on the screen. So that you know we can we can actually sign it off here and now, whereas you know so if we share the screen, yeah okay. Joe, are you able to share the screen with the the uh, revised asset register? Certainly am. This is the document that you've all received. So if I yeah. share the screen, um, Here we go. Just, just tell me what you want me to highlight. 
what you're concerned about. On the bottom tab here, we've got the 2021 assets yeah. register. And here we have the previous year's assets register as recorded and um, audited by both internal and external auditors. Please tell me what you would like me to indicate to you. The 2020, 2020-2021 asset register that you sent, there you go, the, uh, with the, the four items that are in yellow. First one being your, the mobile phone that we got when you went yes. and we closed the so office. You bought a mobile phone for the council, so this was added to the assets register. Yeah. Cost of this, it was a reconditioned phone, it wasn't a brand new phone. I tried to save you some money. Um, cups and trophies. And we've got a report from Liz on that, I think, haven't we? You certainly have got a report, and I've asked you to reconsider that. Um, and the next one, Mr. Ben's on Ship Street. Yeah, at the play area. Yeah, this is probably. An error. It should have been on the previous year's asset register. Mm. But um, I pointed that out to the internal auditors who are currently absolutely scrutinising this. Um, and then the speed watch. Uh, speed watch. The new, uh, the portable smiley said. Yes. Yeah. So they're the four changes to the asset register from last year. They are. Okay, does anybody have any queries on that? Can you just go back to the headings of the uh, of columns G and H, please? Original book value. Yeah. Right, can you just go back down? Because I think that's where I... Yeah, it's the speed watch equipment. Why does it go from 2,000 up to 5,000? Because you bought additional equipment here. There was the, the old um, the speed gun was the first thing that we bought. The addition this year is... Oh, the... so this isn't just the, the one item. This is... So so what? it's not just the, the smiley Sid. No, that's... Um, the. The, the new smiley sits there in column, the uh, current acquisitions. Is that the 3340? Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. So are you happy with that, Caroline? Yeah, thank you. Okay, can we uh, approve the assets register then? Anybody else got any queries on it? No. No. All those in favour of accepting it then, approving it? Bernie. Oh, you're not a member, are you, Bernie? Okay, so we've accepted the assets register, Joe, unanimously. Thank you. Thank you. Um, moving on then to 185A. Um, Terms of reference for the Bench Stroke Memorial Pass Working Group. I um, yeah, I took the 
the previous two um, basically and just smashed them together. Um, it's been approved by the um, the working group themselves, um, and it's also, I think, yeah, amenities have seen it. It's just a, a question, a, a sign off because it's a, a TOR, so it has to come to this committee. Yeah. Can I just uh, apologies, Phil, but I still yeah. ha have that query on um, at the beginning of it where it said there's amenities in 2009, I think, was it? That's, yeah, but that's just the history of where it came from. But so there, wasn't, there wasn't an amenities group in 2009. Well, I'm it just, community I'm, committee, I think, then, wouldn't it? Yeah, all, all it, I did, Caroline. I, I know it's not you, it's wherever that document's come from that I, it's not true that it's not amenities in 2009. So I don't know who's made that alteration. Maybe it was done in 2017 when it was revised. I don't know. I just picked it up in that form. and I know, it. I know. But I'd, I'd just like to, you know, I hate to think that documents have perhaps been altered or changed and it should have read something else because we didn't have amenities until about 2017, 18. Do you, you want to make a change to it then, Caroline? Well, where's the original? What, 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 I don't know why that's happened. You know, it's, where, where's that document come from that Phil was sent? I must admit, I couldn't find... Sorry, I know Donna's got a hand up, but I, I couldn't uh, find the original document on where, the, where our normal policy documents were. And uh, I asked Joe to... To send this it to is, me. This is for your your two working groups. Yeah. Well, we only developed terms of reference for the. Sorry. Working yeah, group. that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are we getting talking across purposes about the? Um, I think maybe policy? we are. Sorry. Yeah, we possibly are. Because so you're right. It yeah. does not mention in it. So, well, I mean, as we'd already agreed, the terms of reference separately. If they are just. Uh, emerging of the two, then there shouldn't really be any issue with it, should there? It's just a rubber stamp, isn't it? It's exercise. Yeah. So, uh, Donna's got a hand up. Donna. Oh, it's just a little typo on the terms of reference for the memorial path. It says cemetery gates rather than memorial gates. No. Just a typo. Yeah. Point taken. Thanks, Donna. Okay, so we're happy with those. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Joe. So that's the uh, terms of reference for uh, Phil's and Bernie's working groups, merged working groups. Thank you. And then 185B, the uh, terms of reference for the staffing subcommittee. Everyone happy with those? Chair, yeah, can I just ask? Um, why? Sorry, I'm just trying to find the line. Give me one second. Um, at least one member. Composition 2.1. Subcommittee will consist of three councillors. At least one not to be a member of PPNR. Is is there a reason for that or? Um, I think there's probably a bit of history here going back 
to uh, um, Councillor Reynolds. And you, because you'll see it there at, at 2.2 as well. That um... I mean, I'm, I'm all for, you know, not it, everything not being the same faces, of course, but I, I it just seems to be overly complicated. Yeah, it was, I think, uh, historically, uh, Councillor Reynolds wanted to make sure that um, I couldn't be chair of PPNR or PMP as it was then, and chair of the the staffing subcommittee. But, uh, I don't have any strong views either way on this. I don't. I don't think um, we should prevent any councillor from being on any committee if they want to be on it and there's a vacancy for them. And then as far as electing chairs, I think it should be down to the membership of um, the committee or subcommittee because we've all got to work together. So I don't mind if you want to take that out. I mean, in, in its current format, it doesn't matter because we have Helen sitting on the subcommittee who is not a member of PPNR, but should anything change, it just worry, just it just seems an unnecessary sort of yeah bit of it, it could be removed and i don't think we'd encounter any issues there but the bit of at least one not to be a member of pp and r you want that taken out i, I think so yeah The, the the part in 2.1 so i agree with it consisting of three councillors but i i don't see why we we have to insist that one isn't a member of ppnr or, or is that because ppnr set the policy so you want someone from outside it that hasn't been involved in setting the policies but the policies are pretty generic workplace i don't policies. think it, it's so. that relevant really i mean as long as we've got three councillors that are happy to sit on it. Mm. Can we agree to take that out then? Yeah. Yeah. I'd also, I think we should also take out at 2-2. Two, two. This should not be the chair of PP&R. I, I, I wouldn't disagree with you necessarily, but, you know. Okay, so is everybody happy to agree to those two deletions? Can I just ask you to clarify for the minutes? Okay, at 2.1, we're going to delete the words at least one not to be a member of PPNR. Thank you. And on 2.2, the last few words, we're going to delete this should not be the chair of PPNR. Thank you. Anybody got any other changes they want to make? Okay, we're happy to adopt those terms of reference. Yes. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Joe. Right, moving on to 186, the virtual meeting policy. 
I think we've probably all got a few things to learn. If any of you have watched the uh, Antworth Parish Council, their last meeting, which was heavily attended by 80 odd members of the public, um, some of them who were misbehaving. Um, shall we go through this paragraph by paragraph and make sure that we're all happy with it? I'm happy so, to do that. Yes, please. Okay. First paragraph then. So I think the first paragraph's all right. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think probably paragraph two is all right. Yeah. It's fairly sort of basic stuff, one and two. Yeah. Um, three. So I think it's where we've we, we are using Zoom. We've not attempted to use any other. And we're happy for Joe to put the meeting links on the agenda. So they're in the public domain. Yes. Uh, for standing orders. My only thought on the standing orders was um, based on the the issues that Hunters Parish Council had, where we they took some time to convince the chair that they ought to take a vote on silencing, muting the members of the public, whether we should allow some discretion in here, sort of uh, set that standing order size aside purely for virtual meetings so that the, the clerk or host, whoever's controlling Zoom, can very quickly move somebody into the waiting room if they are being disorderly, um, you know, like the, the ladies that were partying and the gentleman that um, had his hand down his trousers. I, I think one thing we could do here yeah. is for, um, generally we have Joe controlling the meetings, Yeah. which is good. Um, I haven't got a problem with that, but maybe um, we've, we've tried played around with this. Um, if, if Joe, when she signs in and starts the meeting, then makes whoever is the chairman the co-host. That way, um, the onus is not on Joe to mute and uh, move people into the, um, the waiting room or whatever. It's then down to whoever is the chair of that particular meeting. It's just a procedural point, but it then means that, that we don't get into problems that we've had before. Yeah. Um, the, the problem that we've got, our standing orders require us to have a, a proposal and a vote on taking people out of the meeting, even members of the public, so which it, will it, slow things down. Okay. Well, that's, that's, that's the point. I'm, I'm trying to make it more flexible. So that the, the, the Plus, it also means that if we did want to carry on um, Privately, at the end of the meeting, um, Joe could sign out and we could carry on. Yeah. Um, just let Ryan, um, see what Ryan wants to say. Sorry. Yeah. Caroline. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you how you, how you would deal with um, an unruly member of the public, let's say, uh, if it, we were in face-to-face, -face, but you've said that it still requires a vote. Yes. Yeah, okay. So I, um, I spoke to Joe briefly this afternoon on, on this, that I think that... Um, 
if Joe was to make somebody else the co-host, as, as Phil has said, it does make that more manageable that the chair can still chair the meeting. Joe, uh, Joe can take her minutes and as required and somebody else can, can then manage what is going on. You know, for example, if there was some noise coming from a microphone, we can just quietly put someone on mute and things. Yeah. But if we still require that that vote, then... Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose we, if we were struggling to um, gain order in the meeting, we could vote to suspend the standing order and we wouldn't need to do it every time. So, uh, just, be, just before I uh, bring you in, Caroline, we could, in this protocol, yeah. uh, set aside the, the relevant standing order with some conditions to it so that she's there all the time. We don't need to vote every time. Could you let Caroline have a yeah, say on it? Yeah. Caroline. Can't we amend the standing order for virtual meetings? We, we could do, that's another way of doing it. It just seemed, it just well, seemed maybe we'd need to do both, put it in the virtual policy and amend the standing we'll order. do both, yeah, to cover ourselves. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree with that, but I, I still think that we don't want to have any issues here where the, the ultimate decision should still lie with the chair, not the person controlling the meeting. So, for example, if I was the co-host and wanted to take out let's say for argument's sake, it was Ian Parkin, um, I, I would still need to come to you, Chair, to okay to take him out because ultimately it's still your decision, not not mine or the bar. Yeah, but it's only my decision as Chair or as a committee Chair. Yeah. If, if the standing orders are in play, if we set aside the standing order, then... I don't know. I think we need we do need to make sure we get the wording right on this oh. and the, the the system for managing it. I mean, <laughs> hopefully we'll never be as uh, as famous as Sanford Parish Council. Or, um, you know, I think we we have been very very lucky because all our members of the public have uh, not misbehaved, but they have spoken once we've moved into the council business. Um, and you know, it's. I, I think we're, we're probably in a position tonight where we can't definitely agree the policy, but we can agree some changes or some additional work and uh, take the policy to the, the, uh, the next the council meeting in March. Phil? Um, I was just going to suggest we did exactly that. I'd be quite happy to take that and work it through with... Um, Maybe Ryan and one or two others, we just form a very quick working route and do this quick, not yeah. a, a long-term one. I, well, I, I'd be happy with that because you could just circulate a revised draft um, yeah. and give us an opportunity to comment on it. Um, okay. Would you all be Ryan? Yeah, I think what we also need to find out is what is the maximum limit on Zoom? Because let's say, for example, something did happen and we, we go viral and we have hundreds of people suddenly wanting to tune in from all across the country, we could actually be stopping members of the project public getting in. So we, we, we need to have a think about that as well. I'm, I'm feeling the limit is 100. Yeah, so let's say, for example, then at full council, we've got the clerk and 16 councillors. That, that leaves us with 83. Mm. And 
when when Joe clicks the button to admit everyone into the meeting, we could be admitting 83 people from Scotland and there could be a load of fraudulent people who are just told, I'm sorry, you, you can't join the meeting. So, right, Ryan, you've got a point. I'm taking that up with Zoom. Liz is also looking at this and I think our limit is about 500. All right. Oh, is it? Oh, uh, right. However, everything is posted thereafter on, um, on the YouTube. Yeah. So anybody can see it and 150 million could if they so wanted. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. how I followed the handbook the other night was on YouTube because I couldn't get into the um, the Zoom because it was full. So, um, uh, yeah, they, they, it was being streamed at the same time. But again, we need to look at that to make sure that actually our yeah. residents have the priority. Yeah, yeah. We're not in the same situation, Ryan, and we also have an IT service prov provider with PRISM. Mm -hmm. So yeah. any concerns that you've got, any concerns councillors have got, yeah. put them in an email to me and ask our service provider to give you the right answer. Yeah, okay. Brilliant. Thanks, Joe. Um, a couple of other things that we probably need to decide before um, Phil goes off and rejigs this. The, the issues that um, Pauline Scott raised about whether yeah. your camera's switched on or not. I think we have to remember as well that some people will, won't be coming in by a computer, they'll be phoning in, so we'll just see a name on the screen anyway. Um, and I think we do have to, well, I mean, face-to-face -face meetings, we have members of the public that come in and we don't know who they are, they don't have to give us their name, they're just go and sit in the public gallery so i don't think we can insist on anybody having their um the cameras switched on so yeah. i was going to say that but i think what we should do is make sure i mean we're nearly there now we've all got our proper names up um and see you judith have actually got councillor judith which is good um yeah. we can all change our names to do that and i think all members of the council should be visible at all times. And in fact, I also think the clerk should be as well so that we can all see what's going on and whatever. But anyway, I'll tell you, does anybody want to join me in doing this? I could do with a bit of help rather than just me. Well, I'm, I'm happy to be a sounding board if you want to send you your first drafts. Okay. Uh, Bill? Uh, no, that, that's fine. I was just saying to Phil, I'm happy to be with him if that's okay. Yeah. All right, I'll drop a note out later on, yeah. guys. The, the other item that Ian raised was about being able to see everybody on the screen, not just the, uh, I think it's set up so that only the person speaking comes up when it's recorded. Oh, the matrix view. Yeah. yeah that, that's, um, uh, that's on the chat, on whoever's chairing it to, yeah. or controlling it to set it to matrix view. But I think we also have to make allowances for people that need to lip read and trying to lip read when it's the full screen of everybody. They, for people who have a you know, hearing disability or whatever, or possibly, you know, they need the full screen of whoever is talking, so. Okay. I also make the issue, make, make a note of safeguarding, and the yeah. people who want to be part of this meeting, look into this meeting, but for whatever reason, don't want to be identified. Yeah. Interested okay. in workings of a town or parish council that don't necessarily want to be identified by their physical image. Yeah, yeah. I think we do have to respect people's uh, concerns about, uh, as Pauline said, about seeing in people's homes or what have you. 
Um, but I think the other thing as well, Phil, when you, you're doing this, um, for members of the public, we do have to be careful about who else they have in their room with them, um, yeah. you know, and if it's children or whatever. I mean, we, well, we've seen plenty of examples on television where children go. creep up on their parents. So, you know, we, we do want to take account of that in our Zoom policy. Has anybody got anything else they want to uh, put on the agenda for Phil to take account of? Um, Ryan? Are we going to do this pretty quickly, I imagine? Yeah, yeah. We want this done sort of to bring it back to full council and then to approve it. Give me the uh, opportunity of your proper officer to run it through whatever legal channels I need to run it through. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so shall we sort of try and have it done within the next two weeks? Yeah. That gives Joe a, a chance to get it checked out. Yeah, that's good with me. Yeah. Okay. So everybody happy to fill to go I just, Can yeah? I just one quick thing? Can I just ask Pauline and um, and Ian if they want to forward any of their any other uh, views to let Joe have them and Joe will forward them on to me. Please. Yeah. Okay. OK, thank you. Good. Um, oh, sorry, Julie, pull it back one second. I think, actually, um, whether we always necessarily agree with them or not, Ian and Pauline do attend a lot of our meetings, and their, their input might be important. Would it be a good idea, perhaps, to, act, to ask them if they'd like to either join some of us and to discuss it? Because they, they see it from the other side uh, as members of the public. Yeah, I have an issue with that. I mean, Phil's already invited them to send comments to him. If you wanted to organise an informal Zoom, you know, we don't yeah, just do, do that. email. Once, okay. once you've got a draft fairly close to being finished, we could perhaps have um, an informal Zoom to just uh, walk through it again. Yeah. yeah. Um, Can I just note that we do have elections coming up and it's lovely to have new blood on the council. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. Um, so, Caroline. Yeah, just that, that makes me think about, you know, when we do have Zoom meetings, um, I mean, some of us have been using, I've got a private account, and I don't particularly want to use my private account, um, but there are other ways of using Zoom, but you only get a limited time of either 30 or 40 minutes. Um, is there a way that we can, as councillors, use Zoom for some informal meetings? Didn't we agree at the last meeting that Joe would get a second Zoom account for us, for the working groups? No, we didn't. Oh. didn't. Um, councillors are absolutely able to use their own personal Zoom accounts. If you wish the council, i.e. Bodrum Town Council to set up an official meeting, then that can be arranged. Thank you. Right. Okay, thanks, Joe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure um, when we discussed um, the subscription for the Adobe software, we did bring up buying a separate Zoom package at, at roughly $7.99 a month. Yeah. 
Um, I, I'm sure we discussed it at December, December PPR. We did. Um, and I, think I remember us it was talking about that. That we would do it. Can I, can I just interject here and say, no, we were looking at Adobe account. Yeah, and then we, we, also, we also spoke about Zoom. I, and certainly, no, we talked about it. And I thought we had agreed yeah, to... Minute, minuting it, but uh, leave that with me and I'll look at that. Yeah, OK, thanks, Joe. Um, So moving on to agenda item 187, freedom of information requests. Okay, I can happily fill you in here. Um, oh, let me put my glasses on and then I can actually read it. I received three freedom of information requests under the Act in January 2021. All the requests were submitted through whatdotheyknow.com. There was one request to view all VAT returns for the period 2016 to 17 and 2017 to 18. These returns have already been audited by JDH Business Services, our internal auditor, and PKJ Littlejohn external government appointed auditors. I estimate on this request that I spent four hours. This does not include the time that Fodrum Town Council admin officer spent in redacting the information under the GDPR legislation. This also necessitated both me and the admin officer attending the office. For me, that's an hour's round trip. That's not figured into any of the costs in the, in the inquiry. The response was sent on the 18th of the 2nd via the website, what do they know? Request two from the same person. I received one request to view all grounds maintenance reports from January 2019 to December 2020. The request is taking considerably longer than the previous request, as reports were provided by a previous employee and requiring redaction under GDPR legislation. I estimate to date that I have spent six hours on this request. And again, this does not in include the time that Frodsham Town Council's administration officer spent in redaction the information under GDPR legislation. The final request is that all copies of correspondence from all documents, including digitally stored documents relating to and produced by the Christmas Working Group from the 1st of January to date, and all my emails exchanged between the town clerk and the councillor, Jay Critchley, concerning the procurement and installation of the Christmas tree 2020. To date, I will say that I have spent eight hours working on this particular request, as it involves members of the public who are not councillors, and therefore a considerable amount of redaction is required. 
This calculation does not include the time that the administration officer has spent checking the documents to ensure there's no breach of any GDPR regulations. Response to two and three is due on the 26th of February. I wish the council and members of the public to be made aware that the time that I and other officers, and there is only two of us, have spent dealing with the freedom of information requests is time that we are unable to spend on the general council business. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Anybody got anything, any questions on FOIs? Caroline? So when, when, when is the Adobe software? Why haven't we got that so that the reduction can be done by it? I think a lot of these documents were handwritten ones that had to be scanned in, the older ones. I have to say that having the Adobe software would not stop people having to redact, physically look through and redact the documents. The work is still there regardless of the software. Thanks, Joe. Anybody else got anything on those? Bill? Yeah, it's a question really. Um, if you had a very high number of freedom of information requests coming through, and it does involve a tremendous amount of work, um, what's the law on that? Do we as a council have to do enormous amounts of I'm going ridiculous now. Let me give you an incredible example. Let's say we had um, 50 residents of, of Frodsham ask for certain documents or whatever it might be. Do we as a town council have to provide the, the money and the facilities to do that by law? Or is there a, let's call it an escape clause? Do we know? Bill. Bill. Please, can I cut you off here? Yeah. I'm reporting on the current responses that we've got. The Information Commissioner's Officer is open to all. I can provide their telephone number subsequent to this meeting, so you can make your own call and ask. But yes, if a local authority holds information which is requested, then that local authority is obliged to provide the information. It doesn't matter how long it takes, whether there is one person working at that authority, whether there are 50 people, whether there is a department to deal with freedom of information requests. If the request is valid, the authority has to make a response. Can I stop that there now, please? And can we move on? Thank you. Okay, thanks, Joe. Bill? Uh, well, let, let me ask this question in regards to that. Does that mean Frodsham Town Council would have to pay it, or are we say, saying CWAC would have to pay it? That's nothing to do with Cheshire West. Um, I think the, there may be there may be provision that the person asking for the information can be charged for it if it takes a lot of time. But it's a, it's a good long while since I read the FOI guidelines, so I wouldn't, you know. Okay, thank you. Okay, 
Anybody else on that one? No, okay, moving on then to 188, Festival of Walks. Uh, to consider a request to host information about self-led walks on the Town Council website. And well, there won't be any cost because our provider can accommodate it within the current website development and maintenance contract. Uh, we, we, we've never done this before, as far as I'm aware. And I, I thought um, the FFOW had their own Facebook page. So I'm not sure why it needs to go on the council website other than just to advertise it. Caroline, do you, oh, sorry, Ryan. Ryan's got his hand up. Um, this was this was already being an agenda item in events in January. Yeah. Um, um, we voted on it and agreed that we would allow them. Uh, we'd already been told there was no cost. Um, our website maintenance person agreed to do it as part of their regular updating of the website. Um, I'm not really sure why it's on this agenda again when we voted on it and agreed but, it well, as part of events. Because people... PPNR is part of the PPNR portfolio. Not. Well, I, um, I, I checked that with Joe, and I was told it's part of events, and they sit within events because they're budgeted within events. So, um, as there was no cost, I was told on the night that we could vote on it and move it on. Yeah. I, well, I, th I don't really think it's about the cost. It's about using the website. We don't normally use the website uh, to push events, other than on the advertising part of it. We. Uh, you've got to bear in mind as well that this we, we're going to be going into Perda towards the end of March once elections start. So we might want to think carefully about what we do put on the website because we have got elections that affect Frodham. How, how does the yeah? How does Festival of Walks affect Perda? I don't understand the the link. Either. As I said, I, we, we've already been, we've already voted, we've, we've already had this agenda item on events and voted on it. So, yeah, but it wasn't relevant to uh, the events portfolio, was it? Well, we it's were about using the website. The proper officer, it was. So, as chair, um, somebody, somebody really should have brought this to me as events chair before tonight and said that wasn't relevant for events rather than just bringing this back again. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I didn't know that that was uh, going to be asked for at events, so. So, well, um, I think we have to defer it then to full council because I'm concerned about the website being used for something that it was never intended for. I mean, I don't understand why the Facebook page isn't sufficient. Well, when you look at what we advertise on our website, it's, it, this is... A, a Frodsham Town Council event. It's been going for 19 years. But you've always, always... We always put it on the website about the Festival of Walks with the dates. Yes, I know you do. You advertise it like we advertise any events that we're asked to advertise. But you're talking about actually using web space that will then have to be maintained. No, it won't. It, all it is going to be is going to be 10 walks that people will download. But they could d download them from a Facebook page, couldn't they? 
we, 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 there are other avenues that we will pursue, but you know, this is a benefit to us as Frodsham. People know about the Frodsham Festival. We're getting questions already. Are you doing the Frodsham Festival of Walks? How are you doing it? Oh, we're so pleased you're going to give us some walks. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with that, Caroline. Well, but... I, I'm afraid I, I, this is where I, I'm, I'm, I'm the point where I, I will leave the meeting because I really do think we're making a mountain out of a molehill. And this is one of the best things that happens in Frodsham um, for people outside the town. It brings an awful lot of money in. Um, we have people who really normally would come and stay for a week and do all the walks for the 10 days. I can't understand what the issue is here. Just do it. I, I don't see the issue that why, why this isn't part of the events portfolio and the website, but you know, we would advertise the Christmas festival in the same sort of way. We would no, we, we all we do is advertise it. We don't dedicate part of the town council website. We've never done it to any events ever. But we're 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 we're, we're driving volume into our website. That's a good thing. We're asking. Okay, so Caroline, is it going? Is it going dedicated? Is it going to be taken off the website after the event? Yes. Unless the public wants us to maintain, I mean, all our walks go into the, the, the Chester and the Wirral. They always come okay. us and ask us for our, a copy of our walks. <laughs> okay, well, what isn't clear to me, certainly hasn't been made clear to me, was that... Well, who did you ask? I've, I've read the events committee minutes afterwards, after it had gone through events committee, because it wasn't clear to why, why Warren, our, why our uh, website provider needed to get involved if all we were going to do was advertise it, because he doesn't get involved with any other events that we do. So what you're asking for was some change to the website to accommodate it. Sorry. Can we simply just, can't we just vote on this? Um, I'm, I would, I'll, no, I think we're going to, I think we need to refer it to full council because it affects the council's website. I, I'm very annoyed again. Um, it seems that, yes, you've listened to the minutes of events, you, you've heard what we said in events, but you still didn't come and ask me as chair of events about this, or you didn't go and ask Caroline, who's part of this, you just put it on the agenda. And this is exactly going back to the chair doing one thing. I wish to that you'd shown this diligence when we went going about um, sorting out a Christmas tree, because if you'd, had the, same, if you'd okay. had the same diligence over that, we wouldn't have had all these freedom of information requests wasting the town clerk's time. Now, if, if we can't vote on this now and get this through, I'm, I'm gonna leave the meeting and I would encourage anyone else to leave the meeting so this meeting won't be correct. Because I, I think, again, you're using your chairmanship in, in to, to ride roughshod, as you always do. So yeah. I, I, I'm, I either get voted on now or I'm out. Me too. Yeah, thank you. Bill? Bill? Sorry. Well, you, okay, vote on it then. Right. So I vote we do what we need to do. Just clarify, 
the vote you're taking. What is the proposal? <clears throat> the vote is to allow the Frogham um, Festival of Walks to use our website to promote their their events. It's as simple as that. I'll promote. I'll, I'll I'll propose that. Well, can I? Can we just clarify? It isn't just to advertise. It's to actually use the website to amend the website in some way to accommodate the Festival of Walks. It, it, Whatever. Judith, it is like putting a link in. The, it will be uh, just a link to walks one to ten so that people can choose to download it if they want to do that walk. And it will be in the same format that we've always done our leaflets in. We're going to make it so that it's standardised. I mean, if you don't want Frodsham Festival of Walks to go ahead, I'm quite happy to walk away from it and we won't do anything this year. I but I'm quite sure that everybody understands why it was. We've got all the walks ready. We've worked very hard since last October. But I will make sure that people know why this was stopped. I'm not stopping the walks at all. I just obviously I've misunderstood what it was you were attending to do because of the website needing to be changed to accommodate it. Whereas before, it's always just been advertised like any other event. Donna? Why haven't you spoken to, to the, the, uh, the guy who's doing our website? Why didn't you speak to Warren? Because it's not my, I don't have any authority to go direct to any of our service providers. Okay, well, why didn't you speak to them myself or to Ryan about this? So it's only since I've read the events minutes. No, Judith, it isn't, because I was asked this many weeks ago. Okay, Donna. I was just going to ask, uh, Caroline's cleared up now because it's a link to 10 walks. I didn't, I didn't know that. So but someone can go onto the website, download the link for whichever walk, and they're going to be on for a time, a limited time, say. During the festival. Okay. During the festival, and then it would be a case of referring them to the Facebook page. Or, or wherever past, we decide, yeah. Nub, Nub News are going to do it free for us, so you know we've we've got quite a few people out there who. Uh, no, I just wondered if, it, and then they can go to the Facebook page and refer back to that walk or walked from several years ago, so they're all there in the library. They're, they're ones that we've done, especially for this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but if the Facebook page would it, they would link them to the Facebook page for past present and past walks so that they're all they're all there that's all, that's all i want to know i know now that you said that it's, a, it's okay. going to be a link to walks. i've got three people waiting to speak i'm not sure which order phil ryan well, and bill. bill bill was first uh my my view is that i think phil made a proposal uh i'm happy to second that and i think we should have a vote okay uh ryan um, I've just, it took me 30 seconds if that, but I'm, I'm on the Project Town Council website now in the archive uh, with a, a still fully functioning link to Project Festival Awards 2018 and 2019, where I can download the full festival booklet and details of all the walks, links to their Facebook page, coach tickets to the Anderton boat lift. Um, it's okay. all there, uh, it's all still live on the website. Anyone okay. can find it. So you're not doing anything different to what you've done for previous years? Well, it won't be. 
we're not quite sure because we're, again we're looking at costs of how much it's going to be to put it into a, a pamphlet or whether it'll be individual walks it could be just a, a flyer um and we have a meeting this friday but we're just asking can we put it as as always on on the Frodsham Town Council website. We're not right. doing anything different. Right. Well, that wasn't clear because there's never been any discussion in the past about well, why how... Why haven't you ask? Pardon? Why haven't you asked us? If you've got an issue with it, why haven't you asked I, either Ryan or myself? It was all discussed. We, you know that we start this last October. You okay. know that last year we couldn't run it. Okay. I accept that. But I've been missed misunderstood what it is that I thought you were doing something well, how, why, have you been, why have you been misunderstood what where's the misunderstanding no, come I have come Please, let me finish I I have misunderstood what it was you were asking for this year because I thought it was something different to what you'd done in previous years Phil did you want still want to speak um no, I'd, I'd just Sorry, rather just Phil. go on with the boat, but Phil's okay. got something to say. Uh, only, only I'd like to reiterate, I think Phil made a proposal. I think we should vote on, the, let's say, the newfound knowledge, and uh, I'll second what Phil is proposing. Okay. Joe, can we have a, can we have Joe, a vote on that? Well, for, for the benefit of Joe, I... I think the proposal is that we agree to the um, links to the festival of walks, the 10 walks in the festival. Um, there, there is a link on the town council website so people can download the information on the walk. Is that what we're proposing? Yeah. Yes, thank you. What you're proposing is what is on item 188, festival of walks and no change. Thank you. I'm sorry, okay. I, I don't understand why we've needed to vote on that when we've already voted once. You know, there's no special resolution here that we brought it back again. So I don't understand. Actually, you're right. Ryan, you're right. Yeah, we don't need to vote. But the either we're saying that thank you. We won't. We, okay, okay. We, we're not having a vote on it then. Thank you. Can we move progress? One, yeah, one eight nine, please. Over seventies vouchers. Yeah. 189, Joe. 189 is the over 70s vouchers. Yeah. I haven't got a full report yet from Liz because obviously we've, we've not finished with this yet. But to date, 974 vouchers have been issued. 570 vouchers, five, sorry, 572 vouchers have been redeemed by businesses and good causes. The closing date for spending of the vouchers is the 28th of February. Businesses and good causes have until the 31st of March to redeem. Right. OK, thanks, Joe. Um, do we need to be putting a reminder out to voucher holders and businesses? just to remind them of the deadlines. Um, Ryan? As part of our usual procedure that's happening, and um, our admin officer is on that as we speak. Brilliant, thanks, Joe. 
yeah, I, I was going to say that there was a lady on the project page last week who said that her mum had been refused to spend it somewhere because they told her the deadline had been passed. So, yeah, I, th I think a reminder to businesses that there is another week if they choose to accept them. Yeah. But also, um, I, I think it, um, we should really thank Liz for her work on this. She's had to adapt really well to, um, to some changes, some last-minute changes there. And she's also made sure that businesses in, in these difficult times haven't having to go without money and um, she's insured back payments rather than be waiting for checks for some businesses and things and I think that's really uh, a decent of her so I think um, just a quick thank you to Liz for that. It's been a brilliant operation right between the two of us. Yeah I'm sure. So thank between you. the two of us yeah we've coordinated brilliant and uh, yes ever thanks to Liz. Thank you. Okay, um, over to you again, Joe, for the uh, 190, the winter gritting update. Yes, um, the last update I received, and again, Liz and I coordinate on this, 51 bags of grit were delivered. Um, we only received the invoice a week ago. It's currently in our system for payment. Lovely. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it looks like we're not going to need any more grit for the rest of the winter now. It's, uh, the weather's picking up. Um, uh, yeah. Or I should have touched wood when I say that. Um, uh, 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 Judith, just a, a quick yeah. question. Um, is, yeah. is there any timing with, with regard to um, when the grit is available to people? In other words, do we deliver early enough in the winter to allow it to be there when it's needed? I think, well, I think probably just we we launched this a little bit later this year than we would normally do. Um, so the, the first little bit of icy weather, we were caught out, out with it. Um, so Yes, we, we, it would have been better if we'd have launched it a bit earlier. Well, um, can we put a reminder in somebody's diary? Because when it when the, the frost came, you went onto the website and the policy was for 2019. Mm. You know, we've, we've got to make sure that we've got things up to date on our on our website. I refute that, Caroline. Liz and I work closely on the winter, winter gritting scheme. Thank you for your comments. I have no more. Yeah, okay, uh, thanks. Well, well I've, got, I've got one more. Yeah, okay, Bill. Can I establish what day we plan this year, for example, the coming year and maybe other years? Are we delivering the grit that we require for the winter let's say the 1st of December or the 1st of January, what I'm trying to establish is when should it be delivered so people can use it when it's needed? Yeah, okay. Well, perhaps what we should do tonight then is decide um, and so that you know we can have it scheduled. What, what date do we think that we should launch the winter gritting scheme? Ryan? I think when the clocks change would probably be the one of the best times. And it, October. It's something yeah. that probably remind us as soon as the clocks change, we'll we'll now think, oh yeah, we 
um, better start with, you know, at least see if last year's people want a delivery of grit. So we've got some if we need it. And we, we go around and check the grit bins in our ward as a, as a basic minimum, I guess, that, you know, we could, we could at least do that to start with. And then if we need top ups later on, we can do it later on. Okay, so um, Joe, can you make a note of that then and um, schedule it for next October to launch the this year's Grishin, winter grishing scheme? Certainly. Thank you, councillors. Thanks, Joe. Um, 191, the health and wellbeing brio consultation. Very disappointing. Hmm. It was, wasn't it, the, the meeting itself? Um, Bill? Sorry, Bill. Um, I just thought that meeting was terribly disappointing and disheartening. When we were given that presentation, I'm sure you've all seen it, and I'm sure a lot of our, our residents will have seen it and thought, my God, what is this? This, this didn't give you any ideas what they were going to do for us how much money they were going to assist with didn't tell us anything at all and we had the the statement that it would happen over a period of time and it's in the future and that's the mirage and wait for it to happen and i know we we were told we could put a representative on fine we can put a representative on and i i i would fully support that. But that meeting was absolutely a showcasing thing. It was nothing to do with getting something done. No, I, I agree with that. Um, did Have they actually made the, uh, the recording of the, the meeting available? I believe so. Because all I've yet. seen, I've only seen the little clip where Mike Amesbury talked. Not the full meeting. Making the whole thing available. That's right, because didn't um, didn't Lynn try and get into it right at the end? I don't know. She did. Yeah, she did, Phil. She did. Yeah. Um, no, it's uh, not that it's really worth watching, other than to show that Cheshire West's total <laughs> lack of enthusiasm for Frodham. It was just showcasing Northwich and Crowdhaven, yeah. all the fabulous facilities. The, the key issue is we, we all know that, you know, um, the Brio Centre we've got, all right, it's got the, the, the old weather pitch, which is well used, and but the rest of it, it, it's just not fit for purpose. It needs the whole thing to do with, basically, I mean, what I'd like to see, if they knock the whole thing down, build a pool, build the, a decent gym, Put a library in, put somewhere for a Frodium Town Council, only cost a few million. But having said that, they spent that sort of money in. Uh, I mean, Northwich, Northwich has got two pools, Winston, I think, has got two, Neston's got one. I mean, Neston's anyway, tiny. yeah. Well, it, well, it is what it is. It, 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 was, a, it was a smoke, some it was a smoke and mirrors uh, exercise. Mm. Uh, what they didn't want, uh, uh, it, they, what they didn't want to say is we don't know what the hell to do with Brio, to, to the fraudulent Brio. Um, yeah. And that's the be all, be all and end all of it. But I think we should try and force them to at least keep some facilities there for us. 
Um, well, so do I, but uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, we don't want to lose the library. We don't want oh, to lose oh. will to work. Well, um, that, that was the only that was the only thing about Frodgen that they actually said was any good. Thought, oh yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, we have got a good library, but yeah. So yeah. But anyway, back to the agenda. Are we okay. content to have a, an amenities committee representative on the work, whatever they call it, working group or whatever? Well, um, I'm, I'm happy to leave it to amenities committee to decide for themselves who it should be. Well, what we, I kind of kicked this around with just informally. What we thought we might do is, is as, as chair, I'd do it for now. But maybe when we get, we're going to get some new councillors in um, mm. soon is to ask one of them. I'll just take it as a holding position yeah. and then give it to one of them. Yeah, um, I would. I think we should really push Cheshire West to have more than one Frodsham Town Councillor there. Uh, Caroline? But don't forget you've got to get your name in by Monday. Well, 1st of March. 1st of March, I know. Mm. So if we agree tonight, I'll put my name forward and, and yeah. then we, just as a holding position. Somebody else will take it over later. But I would suggest that you try and push them to let us have more than one councillor. They'll probably say that Lynn's already there, so that we've got to. Can yeah. I also say that we've actually applied for a place for the neighbourhood plan? Right. Right. Can yes. I actually minute then that as a temporary holding position, Councillor Phil Griffiths yeah. uh, represent the council on that? Thank you. Yeah. Right. You can also ask them for another million. <laughs> Just the one. No, make it two. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm well, greedy. Yeah. Don't be greedy. I think we need about six million to do it justice. So. Yeah. But justice just doodle as you centre up. Well, yeah. Okay. Um, can we move on then to 192 general seats policy? Yeah, that's the one I rewrote, and, and um, I couldn't find it on the website. So um, Caroline's right; there is there is um, probably an anomaly at the at the top where I, I. But that part of it, I hadn't changed that. That was already there. So I must say, I don't know the history of the document. Obviously, I mean it was produced some time ago. Um, basically, I just took that and changed it with respect to what the um, the bench working group and, and some of the input I've had from, well, not just from members of the council, but also from, from others um, to reflect that. Yeah. So I, I do, I do um, you know, I respect what Caroline is saying. I just don't know what the answer to that particular issue is. I, I, whether we need to go back and find out which committee actually wrote the original policy I don't know I think it probably would have been communities um can I just raise one issue on the cemetery um yeah. we used to have a separate cemetery committee and when we were we put a hold on the cemetery seats because we've got the development coming along yeah. and what we had decided as a cemetery committee was that once the the development had been done at the top part we would install a series of benches yeah of a uniform nature in the right yeah. places and then people could have plaques on them 
Because what, what we tend to find is that, and it's quite understandable, people want to have a memorial bench near to the, the grave of their loved one. And that isn't always practical. So we were thinking on the, the outer part of the top that hasn't been sort of plotted yeah. out yet, uh, you know, somewhere around there that we would have, you know, something like those granite benches that they have in uh, quite a few cemeteries. So I, I think, you know, I'd like to see the cemetery seats dealt with slightly differently in this policy. Well, you, you, you kind of jump in the gun a little bit because we haven't got that far yet. But what we, right. we had we had started to discuss was uh, where the benches were coming from. And yeah. we, we actually did say at the meeting last week that one of the things we would like to make sure was that if, if, if benches were going to go in a certain place like the cemetery, they would all be this, of the same style. Mm. We wouldn't have a mismatch. You know, yeah. um, wooden ones, concrete ones, plastic, whatever. Yeah. Uh, it would be one. If you want one in the cemetery, that's the one it is. You can have your plaque on it. But you can't have another bench. It's that one or nothing. Yeah, but, but I mean, we could if if we want to go into other parts of the uh, town, it could be a bit more flexible. And we're also um, I've opened a discussion with Lynn um, with respect to putting benches into um, Castle Park as well. And again, we'd probably adopt a similar policy there, where if it's going to be in Castle Park, it will be that sort of bench. So. If you go to a certain location, it will all be uniform. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's just thinking. That's blue sky thinking, really. We yeah. haven't formalised that, but yeah. I, I take I take your comments on board. Yeah. I agree. The, the other thing, um, and I'm thinking more of Waterside Ward now, the Weaver Vale Housing Trust Estate. They did over the years. They had a lot of benches there, mostly in the sort of uh, communal areas around the old folks' bungalows. And they, they were all removed because the residents were being troubled by um, antisocial behaviour in the evenings. And they, you know, that so Weaver Vale listened to them and took the benches away. So if we, wherever we do get a request to put a bench, it would be a, nice if we could liaise with the people. If it's going to be in front of someone's house, that we liaise with them before oh, we get God, yeah, them. yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it would have been done through the... Uh... The ward councillors, I would have thought, we wouldn't just stick one in. It'd be yeah, yeah. You know, we have a request. We think it might be nice there. It's mm. your ward. What do yeah. you think? Yeah. Okay. Anybody else got anything they want to say on the seats policy? So, are you going to do some more work on this, Phil, or? You would you want it adopting tonight? I'd like it adopting now, and then we can move forward with the rest of the, um, you know, start looking at where we're going to buy benches from, and um, it can still be refined at a later date. Okay, so we adopt it in principle on the basis of that there could be some tweaks to it in the coming months. There probably will be, but yes, yeah. thanks. The other thing, could we at the top you've got you put dates in twenty twenty one to twenty thirty one. That's because the other one was a 10-year span. Oh, I could change it? that. I say we don't normally do that anymore. It's, it's just as it is from the date that it's adopted. And, you know, that'll go in the... The, the other one was a 10-year document, so I just flipped it over. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you can just just leave that out at the top and it'll go in, just go in the bottom when it was uh, approved. Okay, no problem. And you can put in a, a review date if you want to. 
Uh, well, yeah, that, 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 that's the draft. And then I'd ask Joe to um, do yeah. the document um, history yeah. bits and, you know, headers okay. and footers. Yeah. Joe, would, would this Thank you. Can I, can I just note that we are approving that in principle? Yes, yes. please. Does Thank it you. need to go to full council for adoption? Wouldn't have thought so. That's why I brought it here. Yeah, no, but... The, uh, so it's a bit my understanding is that this committee can adopt that. You can have a vote on adopting it and then tweet it later. Tweet, sorry. Tweet. Yeah, tweet. <laughs> but we we don't need to get full council approval for it then. Don't think so. It's 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 a procedure, so that's why it's here. PPR. Yeah. No, it's just that sometimes policies need to be adopted by the full council. So I'm just asking Joe to clarify that. So is everybody happy to adopt this policy in principle subject to Phil might put a few tweets to it? Yes. All those in favour? Yeah, looks like we're all happy with that. Joe? Yes, thank you. Thanks. Um, one, nine, three allotments. Um, be before Joe gives her uh, report on this, I just wanted to mention that at um, the last meeting, Lucy Sumner asked for an assurance that we wouldn't be selling off the allotments. Um, I just wanted to make it clear because um, possibly people don't know this. Um, the regulations regarding allotments, once a council turns over a piece of land and rents it out as allotments, they're allotments forevermore. We can't sell the land. Uh, I think the only exception is if we find an alternative piece of land um, and offer them that. So, but generally allotments tend to be on pieces of land that don't have any great value, like the, um, you know, the piece of land that you couldn't sell off for housing. The, uh, the Ashton Drive ones are virtually on the uh, railway embankment. So and there's no proposal to sell them. But in actual fact, we don't own Ashton Drive. We just have it on a lease from Cheshire West and Chester, so it's not ours to sell. Fair enough. Okay, so over to you, Joe, for your report now. Okay, it's it's, it's brief in the first instance, but um, yeah, the allotments are working well. Uh, invoices are going out, they will be received within this year. Um, the main thing, really, I want to note is point B. Yeah. To um, purchase of the software that goes along with the current software we've got for allotments. Yeah. So this will improve that so we're going to standardise all the uh, documents and payments and what have you. And the procedures, and like yeah. we'll go on to in a minute about the cemetery with the cemetery report documenting everything, yeah, in such a way that um, it could it's uh, on the cloud and retained forevermore, like our current finance software is. Yeah, sounds sensible. Uh, have we can I just check, Joe? Have we got a waiting list for allotments at the moment? We have. We've got a waiting list for every single allotment without pulling that up on the screen and sharing it with you. 
and my sharing screen is somewhat limited, but I'm going to try in a minute with the cemetery. Um, yes. Do you know how many, roughly? All sites. I would say three plots available. Oh, we've got some available. Okay. When I, when I say available, Judith, this is one of the other things that this software will do. Yes, it's available, only because I'm looking at it and seeing it's not being cultivated, but no eviction notices have been issued. Right. So it ties all this up. Yeah. And we, we normally do an annual inspection of the allotments. The allotments are inspected monthly as part of the uh, service level agreement with Northwich Town Council. Yeah, no, the, the councillors go out and do a, an inspection once a year, but obviously we've not done it this year. I'm not sure about that, but the inspection reports come out from Northwich Town Council yeah. and they are, are being disseminated to the amenities committee. Yeah, no, I think we ours has been more sort of as councillors. I think you've been on a few haven't, over the years, haven't you, Caroline? We just go and look at the allotments and see if there's anything we're not happy with and, um, you know, we've used it as when they come to us for help them with um, rainfall, water gathering and stuff like that. So it's uh, it, it is or an opportunity for them to actually show us what a, a great yeah. achievement they've done. <clears throat> I think it is good for councillors to go and see the allotments from time to time to understand really what the issues are. Um, but no, it's you, you do need that, um, you know, the maintenance inspections. Ours are more just sort of general. Um, right, so I've got three, Phil, Bernie and um, Caroline. And Phil, just a very quick one. How many how many allotments have we actually got? 28. 28? Yeah, we've got three sites. Okay. Bernie? I just wanted to ask, have the uh, bills gone out for the allotments for last year? Because there was some query about it and, and it's money that's not it's been paid for us. Joe's just said that the invoices were going out. Surely this would be for this year, not for last year. They don't pay 12 months behind, do they? That's correct, Bernie. That's correct. The invoices have gone out and the, the invoice period was 2021. Thank you. Bernie. The, yeah. the invoices should have gone out last May. They always go out in May. Um, process is a, a letter goes to each allotment holder and then they pay. Um, do you want me to talk about my thoughts about this software at this point? Oh, can I just get this straight? So the invoices are going out now in, in February for last year. For and last May. May. They should be going out again for this year. Yes, so in effect, the allotment holders are expected to pay two lots of fees in one year. Mm. Is that right? It is. How much is First the fee? Just how, much? how much? 30. 30. I just don't understand why they've not gone out. Why, why, why has there been a delay? That's money that we should have in our coffers. And, and it, it's not there. Uh, can we just let Ryan have say what he wants to say? 
in my um, first PPR, I think, um, we discussed uh, a price increase on allotments. Um, it was only small. I think it worked out about 10 pence a week or something. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing if the invoices haven't gone out, the price increases haven't gone out, which means that we've still not given them their 12-month notice that the price is going up. So we've missed out on a little bit of additional income. And um, that was August last year, my first PPR, I think. So yeah, we're, okay. talking six, we're talking six months ago, and we've still not done something. Okay, Joe. The income will be received within this financial year. There is an awful lot going on at the moment. And to be fair, yes, the allotment invoices should have gone out earlier. I hold my hands up. Between me and my admin officer, this will be resolved within two working days. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Um, so what, what do we want to do? Sorry, Caroline. Yeah, can I just point out and have it recorded, please? I started asking about these invoices last July. And I know a number of the allotment holders, people who I meet out when I'm walking, people I know, and they were expecting the invoices last May. Okay. And they should have been done by the latest July. Now, I'm going to speak about this um, software as well at the same time. Just a minute, Caroline, before we move on to that, Donna wants to speak. Donna? Uh, I was just, I was just trying to say what Ryan said earlier that I remember we did discuss putting, I think it was five pounds a year yes, onto, um, onto the allotment, uh, to the fees. Yeah, but that well, if that was did you say well, August? It was August, Donna. Yeah, it was. It was my okay. first meeting. So okay, so let's move on to the software then, Caroline. You want well, to we have twenty-eight allotment holders. My Christmas card list is longer than the number of um, allotment holders. I do it all on a spreadsheet. And that's how things have been done with the allotments, I hopefully, before, is you just have a record of which allotments are aware, the name of the allotment holder, the address, and you can actually send out a letter and an invoice from your Excel spreadsheet. It's 28. They're now wanting £644, which is barely what we, well, we haven't picked up any money this year. No, no income. And it's for a three-year contract. Now, it also says in the terms and conditions, we recommend you have an online demonstration of the software prior to purchase to ensure you are the, con the content of the software meets your needs. I mean, we don't need a software package. We can do it on an Excel spreadsheet. Liz does over a thousand over 70s 10 pound vouchers 
that's £10,000 that she knows who has, every person who's received a £10 voucher, she knows when it's been redeemed, where it's been redeemed, and everything is completed. Why do we need a software package for 28 allotments that are bringing us £30 each? And the allotment holders are the kind of people who will want to pay us. Can I just add at this point as well, that I'd like you to know that um, the water supply is going into the Kingsway allotments um, and the allotment holders there have actually got a grant themselves and are paying for it themselves. Um, so that is going in any time now. And then we will be, they, um, United Utilities will then be making the connection, hopefully in time for um, the new season. Okay. Um, I can understand that Joe would want to streamline this process with having a, an add-on to our accounting system for the reason that it makes it simpler to issue all the paperwork and what have you and control it. Um, Joe, do you want to talk about the software? Uh, no, I'd just like you to take it to a vote in the same way as uh, the cemetery plots, which I'm going to go on to in a second, haven't been, um, yeah. Okay. Take it to a vote. Do you want to purchase the software? Anybody or? else want to speak about the software? No. Um, right, and the proposal is to buy the software. All those in favour? Okay. Sorry, Joe, you're not getting your software. Um, there were... No problem, no problem. Can we move on to um, cemetery report then? Okay, yes. Well, the first thing is we've had a leak on the cemetery today, which has been reported um, and has been fixed by five o'clock today by KDE. What I want to just show you here and share the screen, if I can remember how to do it, share screen. I'm gonna share the screen, there we go. For those of you who have maybe not been able to go, this is, uh, oh, cemetery, absolutely beautiful. Oh, and now I can't find the folder I actually put them in. <laughs> oh, I'm stopping sharing right now. And I am going to find them because I'm determined to show you. So hopefully you can see that. No, you're not sharing yet, Joe. Oh. 
No, I'm fairly miserably on this, I think. Got the pictures up here. Okay, rubbish at Zoom. I will practice. I will practice. Can you still hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Okay. So I've sent you councillors pictures of the bins. Yeah. Hopefully uh, you've been able to see pictures of um, oh, how the cemetery looks. I take a great deal of pride in this great deal of pride in the cemetery. Today I had an email from a resident which went through our reception services to say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for what you've done with my parents' grave. Can I please ask you, bearing in mind I can't actually share these bloody pictures, please go and look at the cemetery and see what, as a town council, we're providing. Yeah, I, I was at the cemetery today, Joe, because I'd had the report about the leaky tap, and I thought the cemetery was looking lovely. Same picture again. Oh, I'm still showing the wrong one. Oh. I'll stop. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you. So you you've uh, you've had the the bins emptied, yeah. I have indeed had the bins emptied. Yes. Yeah, I thought they were looking a lot tidier. Um, oh, we've lost Caroline and Ryan. Okay. We still pour it without them. We are. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, we've had problems with some more graves. Yes, we have. Today we've had, um, well, today I've had the report. Doesn't mean to say it's happened today. Uh, some further graves have subsided. And I'll make arrangements to get that sorted. Okay. Anything else to report on the cemetery? I see we, we've got quite a few plots used in the new part now. We have. We have. And I think I've just worked out 
how to, how to share those um, those shots of the cemetery with you. Okay. Bear with me. No. Okay. Sorry about that, Joe. I don't think I'd know where to start with sharing screens. More practice required. Yeah. Okay. I was going to... Caroline, yeah. I was going to say, I've probably got photos if people want to have a look at them. I think we should all know what the, the, the grave, the, the cemetery looks like anyway. I mean, I think we all probably do visit it occasionally. Um, so I think we all know what the, the cemetery looks like. So yeah. I will share all those pictures tomorrow. So now we've done the cemetery report, Clark's report, date of next meeting. Okay. Um... Oh, can I just ask Joe, um, have we had any new guidance through on um, Operation Force Bridge? We haven't, other than um, the Society of Council Parks says await direction from the principal authority, in which case Cheshire Western Chester. Okay, thanks Joe. Um, date of next meeting then. Do we know? Sorry. What operation fourth bridge? Okay, it's um, in the event of a senior royal dying. Oh yeah. Operation Sorry. London Bridge, Fourth Bridge, and. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry. Can't okay. think of the other one. The Welsh one. Seven uh, Bridge. Seven Bridge. Yeah. Not that I have any concerns. It's just that we do need to be prepared. And I think, you know, because of the uh, the current situation, we'd be looking at um, virtual books of condolence should anything untoward happen. So, date of our next meeting then. Maybe sometime in April, 26th of April. Is that it then, Joe? Can we, can we close the meeting now? I just want to note at the end of the meeting that um, this committee has not accepted the or approved the finance reports. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. I'll put that to the auditors. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.